0: This is Pastor to Pastor, a podcast of NOBTS and Level College. Pastor to Pastor is here to help you lay a biblical foundation for your
1: ministry. Well, welcome back to our Pastor to Pastor podcast. We are continuing our walk through this question of what is the church? And I'm I'm here with Adam Hughes as always. And Adam, we've been... Uh, talking about this question of what is the church and we're getting into some practical application and so I thought today, and we've already touched on this a little bit. Last week we uh, kind of answered a listener question and looked at uh, the documents of the church, kind of as we called it, which I'm, I'm sure everybody was was thrilled by. Yeah, church I mentioned that when they
0: heard that, I mean, people went to the edge of their seats. Right, right. It was the most exciting podcast they've yeah. ever heard. All of those things.
1: I'm sure most for people those have that
0: didn't turn us off listen
1: to it multiple times by now. But anyway, uh, so I thought we'd we move on to another practical question today, which not just is what is a church, but then also what does it mean to be a church member, uh, because obviously our definition of a church member is going to flow out of our definition of a church. Um, and obviously, this is an important topic for pastoral ministry, right? We're shepherding uh, the church and members of the church. So um, Adam, I thought maybe we could just talk a little bit about this question of what does it mean to be a church member and how do we connect that to our definition of the church?
0: Yeah, what a, what a great question that that, that is. And, and this goes without saying, but I will say it. I love when someone says that. It goes without saying, but let me say it. This idea of what is a church member is so connected to our understanding of what the church is a church is is constituted by its members clearly it's not a building we've talked about that it's not a location it's the people and so because of that what a church member is 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 largely connected to how we understand the church Charlie, i think as i begin to think and i think about what a church member is i think about it and maybe this isn't the best way to think about it but i think about it and even as we talked about the documents in terms of you know what what a church member is by by what a church member is responsible to do. Mm -hmm. And so if I can talk about it like that, I think that will help us talk about, therefore, what is a church member as we think about what is expected of a church member. And I do think it begins with this, just the general definition of the term, the New Testament term for church, right? Ecclesia. And just the idea that, at its most rudimentary form, it means the assembly, mm-hmm. and 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 right the the New Testament sort of redeems this term that was used in society for for assemblies, and it's speaking specifically of a of a of a certain kind of assembly, the assembly of the redeemed. And when I think about that, and I first ask the question, then what is a church member? The starting place for me has to be well, it's someone that's that's covenanted with, that has committed themselves to, and thus regularly assembles with that assembly of the redeemed. I think we have to start there. Like, foundationally, everything else we're going to say that a church member is, if it doesn't begin with an understanding that you're someone that has committed yourself to and thus regularly uh, assembles with a specific assembly, then none of these other things make any sense whatsoever. And just, just as I can say that for a moment, I think there's places in Scripture that would help us to understand this not to just pull things out of context but even when we think about hebrews chapter 10 right and you get to verse 25 but but leading up to that you have this encouragement this let us passage that just calls the believers the church members to do certain things amongst themselves and when it gets to verse 24 and 25 we we, we, we read this and by the way what we read in this passage and specifically in verses 24 and 25 could not happen if a church member wasn't a part of the assembly, if mm-hmm. I can say it that way. Here's what we read. And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good, good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So just from that, from a moment, we ask the question, what is a church member? Is there any such thing as a church, if the church means assembly, that doesn't assemble? And to say it another way, therefore, is there any such thing as someone who's a part of the assembly that never actually assembles with the assembly?
1: Yeah, and I think I'm sure, I'd hope at least most of our listeners agree with us on this, but I I don't want to just gloss over it because uh, obviously you'll hear people say things like the church isn't a building, which is true, and the church is the people, right? Those sorts of things, and that's also true. Um, The church is the people of God, but that can't be used to... Uh, deflect or to move away from the gathered assembly of the church. The fact that we gather together regularly is actually a very important part of what we do. Uh, we're I was, One of our pastors at our church was reminding of this, like Proverbs eighteen one says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. Uh, he breaks out against all sound judgment. Uh, one of the things that he was even mentioning is, in the context of the church, those who isolate themselves from the assembly of the church even those who would say, you know, well, I can worship God anywhere, this sort of argument, right? That this isolation from the church leads to ruin. And even a lot of, church discipline cases, I think, come about because people isolate themselves from the gathering of the church. And so, yeah, again, it's not something we want to take for granted that the gathering, the assembly of the church is actually a very important part of what we do. It doesn't have to be in a certain kind of building per se, right? It's not the building, uh, but it is an important part of, of what it means to be a part of a church.
0: And this may take us further than we want to go, and, and perhaps we wade off into some very sensitive areas right now. But I do think a practical application for this specifically in the day and time in which we find ourselves is, is COVID. Yeah. And thinking about what happened when we shut down and online, you know, going strictly to online and all those things. And hopefully now most, if not all, of our listeners have been able to return from that and they're meeting regularly. But but nonetheless, what I'm not trying to do is judge people that in, 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 in some type of way of trying to be obedient to what we think we had to do did that. But at the same time, we do need to understand that if if we do understand what a church member is and it is someone that assembles, there are certainly limitations to understanding church membership or involvement in that way. I don't, at a minimum, I think we have to say that is not what we think about when we think of a New Testament church member.
1: Right. And you and I would say that online church isn't church in a sense, right? That that there are things that you can do online that are beneficial and valuable, but it's not the gathering of the church that it is uh, us gathering in person. Uh, Obviously, yeah, over over COVID, there's been a lot of pastoral implications there, I'm sure. We talk about the of being people being providentially hindered, and we recognize that everybody's not going to be there every week. I, I struggle with this personally, is because sometimes it sounds, it, it feels like as a pastor you're trying to guilt people into coming to listen to you talk. Right, right, right. <laughs> right? As though, See, it
0: seems very self-serving in some yeah, ways. But... Yeah,
1: or you're driving up your numbers by yeah. saying you got to be here. But, I mean, think about everything we've gone through to this point. What is preaching? What is a pastor? What is a church? And again, this is this is a hard part sometimes to say to your people, but if you're the pastor and shepherd of that church, it actually does matter that they come here, you preach, right? Because you are seeking to shepherd them with God's Word.
0: Absolutely. Just one other thing, and, and maybe this is not a direct application of how this is intended, but I do think you mentioned like, what is a shepherd? You know, what is a pastor? What is preaching and all of these things? If you look at a passage like 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, and you have this call of the elders, the fellow, the, Peter calling his fellow elders to shepherd the flock of God among you. Well, again, how can you be a flock that is among the pastor if you never actually assemble mm-hmm. as a part of the flock? And yeah. I, I do think that is just significant to point out that this is this is consistent in the bible so let me kind of move on from there so one thing is i think we just say a church member is one who has committed themselves to a particular assembly and regularly assembles with that assembly from there there's some things that we can only do because we're a part of that assembly. And I think secondly what I would say a church member is, is there's is there one not perfectly, but thinking about our definition of church, one who doesn't perfectly, but strives to live out the holiness of Christ and hold others accountable to doing the same. Now again, we're going to say I think we see it in the Hebrews passage that we just read, stirring one another up and all of those things, right? And 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 to good works and and all of those things. Well again, that only can happen if we're regularly around one another, but we do need to understand is one of the responsibilities and one of the things that defines a church member is one of the things that defines a church is we are separate from the world. We're redeemed by Christ. Well, then a church member is one that's a part of that and therefore reflects that redemption, although imperfectly, in the way they live, think, and make decisions. And we do that among one another and hold one another accountable to that, Charlie.
1: Yeah, so obviously the implication is that a church members should be a Christian, right? I mean, that, that's- Oh, absolutely. But we're actually saying more than that. Uh, church members should be someone who's growing in holiness. Uh, I was looking up our, our membership vows at our church, just thinking through the things we actually ask people to commit to when they when they join our church. Uh, and one of those is relying on the Holy Spirit and obediently following Jesus in everything. Now, obviously, we know that we're not perfectly doing that, right? I don't, or I wouldn't be a member of the church. I'm not perfectly doing that. But I actually think this is an important distinction. I was looking back through some notes, uh, and I won't tell you where this quote comes from. But uh, it's kind of long, so I might paraphrase it a little bit, but this was somebody's definition of the church, that it's lying, cheating, greedy, covetous, lustful, porn-watching, tax-dodging, racist, jealous, judgmental, lonely, angry people who eat too much, spend too much, drink too much, medicate too much, worry too much, smoke too much, who gather together because they believe Jesus is the light of the world and they need more light. So that's what they said about you know the assembly of the church, and this is the group of people we call the church, right? And they go on to say, if you showed up today and thought you were surrounded by a bunch of holy people, we just burst your bubble big time, right? We're, we're just like you. And we're actually arguing, I think, the complete opposite of that, right? That not that we're judgmentally standing over people and saying, you do this and I don't, but we actually are making the argument we are to be set apart from the exactly. world. Exactly,
0: that's exactly right. And people right.
1: shouldn't look at the church. I mean, yes... Do I do some of the things on this list? Yes, but that's not what we should be known for. And when people look at the church, that's actually not what they should find, but they should find something. I think the intent of the quote is to make the world say, we're just like you. And actually, I think what we're saying is the church is we're set apart for the sake of the glory of God, and there's actually a difference from the world.
0: Yeah, and what I was going to say about that, I don't know where that quote came from, and I don't need to know, but I, (laughs) I will say this, Charlie, it's interesting. I would almost look at that and go, well, whoever said that's half right? And what I mean by that is there is some, when we come to Christ and Christ redeems us, we're acknowledging that in some ways, yes, we are no different than the world, but But actually now we're drastically different from the world because of the redeeming power and and grace of Christ in our life or grace and power in our life. And now, even though we still do so imperfectly, we are actually spurring one another on to not continue in this trajectory of unrepentant sin, not in a judgmental way, but that clarify uh, classifies or characterizes the world. Yeah. So in some ways you do look and go, well, they're They're not completely wrong, but they miss the point.
1: Well, and those are not the kind of things that we should, should be, be known, known by. For, that's right. That's right. exactly right. I, I think, and again, this is reflective of a lot of what we see going on in the church today. And we keep going back to 1 Corinthians 14. I keep going back to 1 Corinthians 14 on this issue because it does come back to what should we be known as throughout the world. And when people come into the assembly of the church, what should they see? And I think a lot of people are trying to look at the world and say we're just like you, which to your point, there's a sense in which that's correct, right? We're all sinners and, and deserving the judgment of God, right? But we're actually saying, in First Corinthians, say we're, we don't want them to see we're just like us, uh, them, but we actually want the secrets of their hearts to be disclosed and then for the for them to fall on their face and worship God and declare that God among His people, right? We actually want them to see we're not like these people. They've been changed by the grace of God and God has formed them and shaped them and made them into something that I'm not. I recognize the presence of God among his people. And I think as we take this point a little further, what we're saying then therefore is a responsibility of a church
0: member is not just in my own life to seek my own holiness, but to be allowed to be held accountable to that holiness and to hold other people accountable as well. Yeah. And that's, that's a distinction of a church member. That's what a church member is as well. The redemption that happens in my life because – Charlie, what we would say is, or I would say, maybe you wouldn't say. Let me not project upon you. <laughs> what I would say is, I know my own heart too well. Yeah. Even even after having been redeemed by Christ, if you leave me to my own devices with no accountability, it is going to find a way to sin and be sinful. Yeah. So part of this idea of being a church member and what a church member is is, when I join a church, it's not just I get to put my name on a on a list and therefore I get all of these privileges, although that's part of it. And now I have a place to somebody to do my funeral <laughs> when I die. But we're actually saying, you know what? I'm coveting uh, I'm coven- with this group of people, and I'm doing it in such a way so that we can help one another walk in this holiness that we've talked about, knowing that there is this world out there that so easily entangles my heart. Yeah. I, I, maybe this goes further than we want to go, but I think sometimes we misunderstand the authority that the church has in the Not an individual another individual's life, although that's part of it, but the authority of the church as a whole in individuals' lives. We, the, I think part, biblically, we could parse this out. Part of what the church does is, is, is it doesn't save anyone, but the church as a whole for its members in certain ways bears testimony that we actually do, we we can bear testimony and ongoing testimony that we actually do believe that you are part of the redeemed. Right. And the way we do that is we regularly gather and, and we take the Lord's Supper together and we affirm someone's baptism, to like... I don't think we, we. Sometimes we think we're just spectators at a baptism. What does it mean for a church to baptize someone and for the members to be there and watch that? Yeah. Well, there is an element in which you're saying we believe that redemption has happened in this person's life, and when they gather every week, right, you're affirming and testifying in one another's lives. We believe that there's on, this ongoing sanctification because of there's redemption in your life. When you take the Lord's Supper together, what is it that you're saying when you're taking the Lord's Supper together? Yeah, I mean, I understand. Proclaim the Lord's deathly comes and memorializing his death and all of those things. But I think part of it also is we are continuing to bear testimony for one another in this accountability that we believe you are continuing to walk because of your redemption in the holiness of God. Now, which makes, if I can go back to the original statement, if you're never gathering with me, it's not just that I'm saying he never gathers here, so I want to be mean to him and I don't want, to be, I don't want him to be a part of it, but, but how can I continue to hold you accountable and you hold me accountable? And how can I continue to bear witness that I believe Christ is indeed being formed in you if I haven't been around you in 10 years?
1: Are you a ministry wife? Do you long for community and encouragement from like-minded women? Do you wish you were more prepared for all that you do? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I'd love to invite you to join Thrive. This is our Ministry Wives Certificate Program that prepares women for gospel ministry in their families, churches, and communities. Our eight-week classes can be taken on our New Orleans campus or online. You just choose whatever fits your schedule best. For more information or to apply, visit prepareher.com/thrive. So I, so I think we're saying that the church gathers, right? The church pursues holiness together and is held accountable in that in that pursuit. And, and we'll talk about church discipline in our next podcast, which maybe that'll be more uh, alluring than saying we're gonna church, talk about church constitution. So we'll, we'll see how that works. We'll, we'll flesh out what is church discipline in our next podcast, or at least give some thought to that. Uh, one of the other things I thought about that I thought maybe we could just touch on here is also thinking about the church as a family, right? And, and the And the commitment that we have have to one another. Uh, that's one thing that I might just add briefly here to say, yeah, we, we ought to have an incredible love and affection for one another. We ought to treat each other as family and have a devotion to one another uh, as a church. That's one thing that stands out in, in my mind as well.
0: And I, 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 I kind of circle back around, but I, I don't think these things are unrelated. And, right. and what I mean by that is, if if I were to say, like where is the cradle within within the the family unit within like the the like the birth family unit where is the cradle of of instruction where is the the cradle of maturity and we would say it's in the home right like within the home within that family unit this maturity and instruction happens well i always ask the question where is the cradle of discipleship spiritually speaking well it's the church and why is that the case because we are a family Mm -hmm. we it In some ways, we use it metaphorically, but it's more than a metaphor. It is indeed the family of faith. It is your faith family, and I completely agree with that.
1: Yeah, I think just thinking about other passages, you think about even in 1 John where, I mean, 1 John would make the point that if there's anybody in need in the church and we don't do something about it, then we're failing them, right? We have an obligation to help meet other people's needs. There's a book I I enjoy reading called When the Church Was a Family uh, that really drives this point home in a way that I think we take for granted sometimes to say, that we should prioritize this group of people, right? Whether that's gathering with them or meeting their needs material. There's a very real sense in which there ought to be no one needy among the church. That's part of what it means to be a church a church member is that you have this group of people that's going to provide for you and you're going to provide for them, right? And, and whether that's financially or, you know, whatever the case may be, that you have a group of people who calls you their own and is going to be there to take care of you, um, whether that's holding you accountable or even giving you food to eat or helping you pay bills, whatever it may be.
0: Ironically, I think you're exactly right. As a pastor, how I actually saw this Inverted and and often not happen the right way is I believe what you're saying is biblical, right? When we actually see places in Scripture that talks about taking care of the needy, I'm not saying that doesn't involve the world, but it starts in the family. It starts in the church. But interesting, when I was pastoring, those in the church that had, had a need were often the ones that would you would never actually hear that yeah. they had a need. It was mostly people outside the church that you're helping that would come to you for a need, and those among among you that had a need, often you would never hear about it because they would almost be they had a a, a wrong view. Maybe it was pride or or whatever it was of understanding this is my family, and if my family is going to help anybody, it should be me first. Yeah. And I do think we see that often in scripture, but unfortunately, sometimes that's not the way it gets applied in the actual church.
1: Yeah, I remember talking to a lot of people who would say they went to another church, but they come and, and call me for help or ask me for help, and do we have a benevolence fund and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, in some senses, I get it. Like, they tell me I'm too embarrassed to go ask my church family for help. I mean, I get that. It's not easy to go ask somebody for help, right, and to say, hey, I need – I mean, it's it's we got to humble ourselves in order to do that, right? But it was almost like they'd want to go somewhere other than their church for help. Right. Quite frankly, I think a lot of people were just telling me they went to church somewhere because they know a pastor wants you to say you go to church. church. So that was an easy way around. Maybe maybe I was too petty here sometimes, but when they're telling me I go to church here, then my first answer is, okay, go talk to them. Right. And then you find out, well, they don't know who the pastor, like they maybe yeah, just right. made up somewhere. We're, we're getting off track there. But I, but I think there is an important point to be made that the church should care for one another, provide for one another, it should be the place that we can go for people who genuinely love us and and care for us. That's
0: absolutely right. I was thinking maybe on a previous podcast, one or two podcasts ago, we were talking about uh, because of who the church is, we pastor in despair. We pastor when people are in despair. We pastor in hope in in spite of the despair. I'll get that out in a minute. Well, I think one of the, again, if I'm going to say, how do I do that unless there is a genuine sense of family here? you know the the despair that we're in but because of we're fa- we're family we can know the despair but we can also know the hope and we can pastor that way charlie i know we're almost out of time in this podcast and hopefully this has been very very applicable and helpful as we think about what a church member is and the expectations of a church member i would just mention one other as we think about wrapping what is a church member what does a church member do as we think about wrapping up so I, obviously that redeemed who assemble with the assembly that uh, pursuing God's holiness uh, is a family. And then the other one I would say uh, supports and engages in God's mission mm-hmm. or supports and engage, engages in the evangelization of, of the world or the evangelization of, of our community. I think that's another thing that we understand that a church member does. Now, maybe that goes without saying, but the reason I point that out is because some people can think, well, I'm a member and I get all the benefits, but I pay the pastor or the staff to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to remember a responsibility of every church member is to support with that, that which God has stewarded, or has given me as a steward, Uh, whether that be finances, time, whatever it is, but also to be engaged, actively engaged in, in ministry and not just sit and think the pastor does that. As a matter of fact, when we read a passage of scripture like Ephesians 4, we come to understand that a large part of the pastor or the leader's job is actually to indeed equip the saints for the work of ministry. And so as a church member, it's my job to leverage that which God has given me for the work of the kingdom, but also myself to participate in the work of the kingdom. And that is another part of, of what a church member is.
1: Yeah, as I think about this and even, even our audience and and assuming, you know, we have people who listen who are maybe pastoring already or aspiring to pastor in seminary, or something like that. Um, I wonder if some people might not hear this and, and think, okay, sure, there's nothing I disagree with, you know, I, I'm on board with everything. I think one of the challenges of pastoral ministry in particular is to realize that a large part of your job is to teach this to the church. <laughs> and actually I, I think a lot of times in if we look at weaknesses in the life of the church or, or maybe even Southern Baptist life in general, I do tend to think ecclesiology sometimes is towards the top of that list of do people really understand what it means to be a member of a church. I did when I was preaching every week, um, almost every year did a series on the church church. Uh, because just I found, and I'd stop preaching through a a certain book and do a series on the church just because I found there was so much misunderstanding about what the church is, why we gather. Um, And so in in many ways, I think we need to be reminded as pastors, not just that... hopefully we believe these things. You and I obviously believe them and and believe that they're scriptural. But the question then becomes, how do we teach the church, right? How do we help equip the church, even with a base level understanding of what the church is, what it means to be a member, um, so that they might grow in holiness and, and pursue God together?
0: Absolutely. Well, Charlie, as always, I, my prayer, and I know yours is as well, that, that we are given some instruction and some actual practical application that will help our listeners. But, but we really want to encourage those that have been called to this, this worthy task of shepherding God's people. And always, for those of you that are listening, we thank you very much for being with us again this week. And we do pray that you're encouraged. And we pray that this would spur you on to the work that God's called you to. So thank you for being with us. And we look forward to being with you again next time. Thanks for listening. For more resources on pastoral ministry, visit us at faithfulpastor.com. And to learn more about training
1: to become a pastor, visit us at nobts.edu.